0: it going everybody welcome to the show it is time for break the business where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm starting off this show with so much energy, and those of you who listen on the live stream know exactly why, because before we started the live stream for this show, we always play pre-show music. And normally with our pre-show music, what we do is we just grab whatever stock music StreamYard has, which is all pretty solid music. Much love to our friends at StreamYard. But this week, we decided to do something a little different. We asked Break the Business co-host, good friend of our program, Zach Sloan, if he would be so kind as to whip up a little song for us. And the explicit directives I gave Zach Sloan were, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, don't go nuts with it, there's no reason for you to create like the best damn song ever written, it's just a little chill music while people come in. And he just decided to be struck by a thunderbolt of songwriting genius and gave us the song titled BTB Funk, which I think is so good. It is almost an insult to music to only have it play during our live stream pre-roll. Lauren, can we play it for a few seconds right now so that our Sirius XM friends can hear this too? I want I want Zach's song to be on Sirius XM radio. Can you give us a few seconds of BTB Funk? Oh, Oh my goodness. We bring in our co-host Elisa Rockdog. She can jam out to this too. How you doing, Elisa? Welcome to Four Drug Months. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It's
1: good. It's going
0: hard. Alright, very cool. Alright, let's let's take that down for a minute, or else I'm just gonna dance for the whole show. Uh, you know what the thing is about Zach, Elisa? I know him so much as just the really sweet cool funny guy who co-hosts this show oh. once a month that i completely forget he is a freaking phenomenal musician
1: you you only have talented people on the show which is why i'm wondering w- what the heck i'm doing here today. oh Hello, there everybody. is
0: there is that classic trademark elisa rock doc imposter syndrome never change it is uh it, it's how we know it's you frankly oh um it's it's very very wonderful to see you we got so much stuff to catch up and talk about and i know that our guest in particular this week elisa is going to speak to you the way it speaks to Uh, me because we are a product of a certain generation that has fallen in love and that really came to be connected to music with a little platform called winamp does that does that phrase
1: it, it, it really whips the llama's
0: ass. Winamp. So Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass. Oh, there you go. That's a, I you, you didn't even let me get to the sound. I had to no. just give it to you right up front. Yeah, because like it's the first thing you think of when you think of Winamp, right? Is... Winamp. Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass.
1: <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's like one of the best taglines in advertising history.
0: Yep. Now lest we alienate all of the Gen Zers out there, Winamp was a digital audio player that Gen Zers and elder millennials used to listen to completely legal music that in no way was downloaded illegally. <laughs> Mary Amber writes in, I literally never heard of this. Yes, thank you for uh, making us feel old, Mary Amber. Yeah, it
1: was great. <laughs> one of one of the things that one of my favorite accounts to still follow on on, on the hell site, twitter.com, um, is actually a it it's an account that all they do is they post winamp skins. Because that was a thing you could do for your winamp player was skin it with all sorts of different stuff. And people would produce, like, custom skins with, like, their favorite artists or, like, just stuff that looked cool. So all I literally do is follow this one account that just posts retro Winamp skins. Because think about it, like, unless you do probably some major hackeroo, in in some hidden file somewhere um on your PC I can't imagine that you can like reskin iTunes or you know Spotify you know the way that you could uh, Winamp
0: yeah I don't know if you're looking I don't know if you're <sighs> looking at your uh, your screen right now Elisa but we have a the classic Winamp skin there in front of you it's beautiful I mean for for well, what we used to
1: live in a society.
0: Yeah, for I mean, for what it was back then, like obviously, like the young people are gonna look at this winamp skin that I have up on the live stream and be like, look at that grandpa piece of software. At the time we thought it was cool as hell. You could run the EQ, you could like change the EQ on the fly, you could change the balance of it. Oh my god, it was glorious. And as Elisa noted, there were so many skins. I mean, just, you could make oh. your winamp look look, there's Garfield. Oh
1: i mean there's oh, a, this zelda a zelda winamp
0: it's fantastic this was such a cool platform now i should mention when i say that our guest is winamp in, in a way i suppose that's technically true uh, our guest is winamps uh chief commercial officer thierry oscar I- is going to be joining us Because you and I, we know Winamp as a digital audio player. It was Mm -hmm. how many of us first got acquainted with playing music on our computers. Today, Winamp is back and creating creator tools. They are, in honor of their 25th anniversary, they're, they're launching a wide array of creator tools to give music makers an all-in-one source for distribution and fan engagement licensing and content id nfts lots of stuff so we're going to talk to uh tiari oscar all about that and yeah winamp is back
1: i mean and we couldn't I feel be like happier it's not just winamp too i think and you know i i i know that we like to sort of shake our canes at at, at gen z every once in a while but like trend wise <laughs> Y2K is making a huge comeback and I think people might be looking at things like maybe not so much I don't think we've hit compact discs yet like I'm not sure if people are are doing mix CDs on Walkmans just yet but we've definitely seen like a cassette revival and I have a feeling that like as we pull away from more public squares and do more sort of micro communities um, I think more people are going to be retreating into the sort of like Y2K, Neo, Luddite, you know, maybe things were simpler back then kind of thing. So I don't know. Winamp might be in for a huge resurgence with Gen Z. If 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 they can get, in addition to all of the awesome creator tools that you spoke about, like, give me give me the player back with the skins.
0: <laughs> it was an absolute delight. And so for the Gen Zers, if you're gonna get into Winamp, if you are gonna ride this nostalgia train, make sure you know the Winamp tagline. Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass,
1: which I recently learned came from a. Uh, that tagline is referencing a Wesley Willis uh, song. So, shouts to shouts to Wesley Willis, a very very key artist for a lot of people in like the mid two thousands. Yeah, that's
0: you'll, you'll be happy to know, Elisa, we pre-recorded this interview, and among the questions we asked Thierry Ascarrez is, "Do they still have the llama?" over at winamp so if there was ever a radio tease to keep you in front of your radio find out what happened to the winamp llama on i'm ready. the business right after the break yeah so that's that's enough to get excited about and the music news keeps rolling because taylor swift girl woke up this morning and said hey everybody I made the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. And we all went, That's really great, Taylor. What number? And she said, No, you don't understand. I made the top mm-hmm. 10 of the of Billboard them. Hot 100. <laughs> it's oh, mine.
1: All of them. <laughs> Each and every single one.
0: Yep. It is the first time that no male artist has appeared in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. And to me, what is a greater statement of feminism than a woman? <laughs> doing it by herself. <laughs> like, fine. No one's going to help me. I'll do it myself. <laughs> oh,
1: D- I mean, shouts to Tay-Tay. Um, like, you know, there there, there are some criticisms um, in, in terms of, like, large capitalist machine, white feminism, queer baiting, etc., etc., etc. Um uh but good for her. Um in But terms, enough about the
0: Bejeweled video. <laughs> you no,
1: know, enough about the Bejeweled video. But um I it's you know, like like hey, you know, indie artists can't necessarily like get access to be able to sell vinyl because a lot of these major artists are getting back into it. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um Look, we have a very strict the, policy
0: like, here at Break the Business, <clears> throat> Elisa. Throat> we don't do Taylor Swift think pieces around here. No. All right, like Obviously, there's there's plenty of sociological implications to explore, and there are plenty of fora in which to explore them At break the business shameless promotion of our girl Tay Tay unyielding celebration. And if anybody has the audacity held
1: at gunpoint by a Swifty right now,
0: and if anyone has the audacity to even consider suing her for copyright infringement, which seems to happen on a weekly basis, Ryan brings the full weight of his copyright background and his top 10 law degree down on you like a boulder.
1: Now, now, I will say, um, it it is major inspiration for fellow cancer moons that like to write about their personal relationships. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, her impact. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I I listened to the record. Jack Antonoff is a beast yeah. in, in terms of in terms of production. It's like it's it's, it's kind of unfair <laughs> at this point to <laughs> to enlist him to be part of your record, and it's. It's an interesting vibe. I feel like she's she's in her she's in her Carly Ray jetpack era. And like it's it's evoking the midnights. It's evoking the 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 moodiness. And I think an album like that coming out with such a rollout, it's like like video game ARG like levels of marketing campaign for this album. Like if you buy four vinyls or something and you put them together they make a clock it's like a whole thing it's wild the stuff that she's done and like and it has showed especially like how many um like how many um tiktok sounds have come from that one i'm i'm already brainstorming my like anti-hero it's me hi i'm the problem tiktok yeah yeah <laughs> And and like lyrically, what I what I also love is seeing people on on TikTok going through like, like like the early stages of like media lyric- literacy class where they're like analyzing, doing like lyrical analysis like in real time. And like so few artists evoke that kind of like deep dive through the weeds lyrically, like like Taylor Swift does. So like more power to her, and definitely an inspiration in that regard as like a songwriter for sure.
0: I'm blown away by how the release of this album is sort of emblematic of what we're kind of seeing as a modern trend among album releases in terms of the launch process. Now, Mm. when you and I were coming of age in the music industry and listening to our music on Winamp, Winamp, Winamp. (laughs) it really whips the llama's ass. We often were taught that the release of the album is almost either the midpoint or the end point of the mm. launch process where mm-hmm. the album, you know, you want, you know, you're taught, okay, before you release that album, you need to build. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta get, you have to release a single, maybe yep. two singles. You gotta go on the tonight show, you gotta do all this promotion and stuff so that when the album builds up, you you, you create this groundswell and then the album launches and then people buy it. We saw this with a uh, with Beyoncé when she released her self-titled album back in 2012 2013 where she released her album just under the cover of night nice without warning. Mm-hmm. And now Taylor Swift did it where the album instead of being the midpoint like step 5 in a 10-step process is the beginning and you drop this album out of nowhere, huge bang, huge explosion and then bam here's a video bam here's another video bam here's a whole bunch of people writing think pieces bam i gotta take uh three seconds out of one of my music videos because it had some problematic stuff in it but it's all part of the publicity and then (laughs) bam i got 20 songs in the billboard hot 100 including all of the top 10 slots and then oh we're sweating oh my god there can't be any more boom stadium tour just announced
1: like and and here's the thing it's like this wasn't necessarily like a similar beyonce moment where like taylor could have literally just been like here huns um but i think her her audience and the way that they gravitate to her lyrics it definitely benefited from, like, the slow rollout of, like, she literally did a thing where, like, on her Instagram stories, she did track listing reveals little mm. by little. And, like, this is this is what track eight is going to be. And then would, like, put a needle on a record and, like, play, like, a little clip or something. And it's, like, you have people frothing at the mouth. Due to her set design, people are trying to figure out like what that tchotchke on the coffee table means. Oh, she next to her in loves an Instagram the
0: breadcrumbs. She
1: loves an Easter egg. Yeah. She loves an Easter egg. And so like she benefits from that kind of like slow miss. It's it's literally an ARG. It's like, it's like I'm I'm um, I'm doing geocaching, like I'm like I'm doing a scavenger hunt whenever whenever it's Taylor. And like she could. She has the the cachet to do it. But that is a girl who knows her brand and her brand is is her lyrics and and her storytelling and the vibe that she creates. And she knocked it out of the park.
0: It is inconceivable that an artist takes all 10 slots in the top (laughs) 10 of the hot 100. Mathematically, that shouldn't happen because Especially now where like, you know, it's not like all these songs are getting played on the radio in equal measure. This means that her fans just mass streamed this track so freaking much on either Spotify or TikTok or whatever. And not just the one song they love, all all of them across the board. Like you almost have to make a concerted effort amongst your fan base to just continue playing these songs over and over. To make not just one of your song, not just a couple of your songs, but every single track on the album, beginning to end, oh make God. them all top 100 hits, and uh, t- the top ten of them are in the top ten. Like Swifties are up there
1: with like like the the Navy for Rihanna, the Little Monsters, like like BTS Army. Shouts to the Army. Like I'm. It's like you—you you don't even have to tell the Swifties to run it up, hotties. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like you don't have to tell them to run it up. They're like, this is our girl, and I think especially since the whole debacle with her re-records and like her not, you know, being able to make money off of those original recordings as much, like people are taking up arms for her and yeah. being like, this woman has been mistreated, her IP has been bought and sold and she and she can't she's re-recording all of her stuff and she's taking her power back and it's very inspirational and people are like yes we need to reward this by just playing it on repeat constantly (laughs) just leave it running in your sleep
0: i live continuously in awe of music fans and what they're capable of when properly motivated, including weaponizing the Billboard Hot 100,
1: please use your powers for good.
0: That's so, what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, my God, it's, it's 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 awesome. Um, all right, let's let's bring the conversation back to indie creators because as much as we love just celebrating the biggest superstar in music. This is indeed a, this podcast is indeed a celebration of indie creators and trying to create the opportunities for them that we often see artists like Taylor Swift get. And one example of that, where we would love to see indie artists get to do something that the label artists get to do more, is getting your music into video games. Yes. Now, the blog Water and Music, created by Sherry Hu, which is, you know, she's one of the coolest uh, stories in music journalism, in as much as she was basically the it girl for music journalism getting her stuff in billboard and rolling stone and all these different platforms and anytime she put something out it got a lot of traction because she, her analysis is great and she was super into the industry super connected and then one day she just went i bet people will ch- pay for my stuff <laughs> like why am i just you know giving it to yeah you know uh you know billboard for you know 25 cents a word or whatever <laughs> I'm creating a platform. We're locking it behind a paywall. I'm going to get like five or 10 of my other journalist friends. And I bet you'll pay $20 a month for it. And people like me do. (laughs) And so... Now she's got this platform called Water & Music, which I highly recommend. And there was an article that came out recently, Elisa, that I wanted to talk with you about. Mm. Don't worry, you don't have to pay the $20 a month. I'll give you the summary. Um, the article is talks about the licensing opportunities that are available for independent artists in video games and how indie creators can get into that field. And I know that that's something that you are personally acquainted with because you have gotten a number of your tracks placed in video games. So I think as we talk about this article, I'd love to kind of get your own personal perspective on some of the advice that's in here and uh, kind of get what you think about it and maybe hear a little bit about your story so you can inspire some of the uh, indie creators out there. So the article talks about how this is an important sector to get into, not just because of the financial opportunities, because, you know, depending on where you're placed, there could be a lot of financial opportunity or really you're just getting paid an exposure. But this video games are becoming a significant means of music discovery. People are finding songs for the first time in video games. According to The Guardian, 25 to 30 percent of people now get new music and encounter new music from video games first and while these sync opportunities getting your music into a video game tends to go to established artists there are lots of things that indie creators can do to find these opportunities for themselves one of the pieces of advice from the article is to minimize uncertainties around your ownership this is an important Mm. legal consideration yes what you know i tell artists that they need to have if they if they want to do anything in sync whether it's video games or otherwise you want your title to be as clean as possible a music supervisor yeah. <laughs> does not want to get involved with you if you don't if you can't clearly say who your co-writers are yeah. where's the split sheet where does the money go who are mm-hmm. the publishing companies does every you know is is every percent of this thing accounted for Do I have to chase all of your co-writers to get them to sign off on this sync or is everybody all set and ready to go? Have you licensed your rights to somebody else and you didn't tell me? The more that you have as clean title as possible so that a music supervisor, whoever's uh, taking care of the sync licensing for a uh, video game knows that your stuff is all set clear, taken care of, the easier your life's going to be. So make sure that if there's any uncertainty around ownership with respect to your song, make it certain or don't even try to get something licensed
1: absolutely and and i would say that is because like the like i i love to joke but it's it's sort of true like video games are held together with duct tape and spit and a lot of these moving parts um move real fast (laughs) and way faster than you can and if your stuff is like a little nebulous then like we are going to pick something that we can get in here like now um so you don't want to like miss out on on your opportunity just because things maybe got a little bit complicated and you know might mess with the development timeline potentially so
0: That's great perspective, which, by the way, we're getting because not only have you gotten music placed in video games, so you know this from the musician side, but you've also worked in the industry, so you know what it's like to get a game launched, and that's really great perspective, this idea that, like, hey, we're already kind of doing enough stuff fast and loose in the video game development process that we don't need your stuff to be fast and loose as well.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, also it's it's like it's it's a matter of um, like fit. and then also, like you you never know if somebody just might like listen to your thing and be like, this would be awesome' and then someone else is like, ah. <laughs> and then that's yeah. and then that's that's that is that is how that is that is how the decision gets made sometimes. But also it's like, what is going to be like cheaper and like less of a pain in the ass is yeah. is often. Like art, art is a business, and and <laughs> you, that includes video games as well as music.
0: You you referred to the uh, video game creating process as uh, being held together with duct tape. Daniel Neruda, our commenter, writes in the duct tape has actually been moved to post-release due to shipping delays.
1: Yes, this is this is <laughs> an early access build. A 1.0 is coming way later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another tip from Matt Omblers' article that I know you.
1: You muted yourself, sir. Don't mute yourself. That's the other tip. Hello. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> and you're back. I'm gonna pause and him muted. and pop him okay. while he fix it. It <laughs> appears his mic input switched. So we went to a uh, another ah. sound. How yes. are you, Elisa? I'm great.
1: Um, another thing that I was going to say there, there if, if if folks saw me like laughing a little bit when Ryan was, oh, there he is. Uh, is he back? Kid,
0: kid, nope.
1: <laughs> In the meantime i <laughs> guess that fixed, there was it was something uh, kind of interesting when considering submitting your music to a video game if you know the video game that you are submitting to keep in mind um what the rating for that video game is because i believe don't quote me on this it is entirely possible that desert bus vr got rated t for teen instead of e for everyone because my song don't stop featured at around hour six on the desert bus radio station features suggestive lyrics (laughs) and it actually knocked the rating for the video game up due to suggestive lyrics
2: Wow! Um,
1: which is a is is a point of personal pride as well as creative pride for me for sure Um. Yeah. And to, and to that point, too, if for whatever reason um, uh, you are into music games, that point that Ryan first made about making sure that you're clear to license this thing, that it isn't owned by another publishing house or like the mechanicals are over here, but the songwriting stuff is over here. And then divide that up between however many songwriters and band members you have think about that. Think about how much money a company could potentially pay and how much money a band might particularly want. Divide Mm -hmm. that up amongst all of the possible stakeholders of that money. And now you'll see why maybe some of your favorite songs haven't quite made their way into certain music games yet. It's because you have to contend with lawyers and other band members. And also some people that are just like, I don't want my songs in video games. Like there might be people that are just like, I don't want my songs in commercials. I don't want my songs in video games. Sometimes they don't understand. Um, and so anybody, you know, yelling at a music game, like Where to put, to put the Eagles in. And I'm like, oh honey, if you can, if, if you can pay enough money to get the Eagles, <laughs> and then get all of them agree to agree to the licensing for that song, I would I, would love to see it. I would love to see it. Yeah. To see it. Um, but that
2: opens a door for indie artists though too. Because if you're looking at, if a lot of the big name people are making it more complicated, you go back to the, we go with what's easiest for us. And if you're an indie artist, even a solo indie artist, and you've got your paperwork in place and your, your raw data, and you're like, anything you need, I'm here for you. I'm by myself, but here's a release that, you know, we've already, you know, the more you can take off of their plate, mm-hmm. the more they want to work with you. So, Honestly. yeah, take advantage of that for sure. Where is he? Is he play? back with us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not back. back. And that's. Let me hear you. Time. Ryan, you still there?
0: Um, hello? Hey. There he is. You can't hear me. You got we me. We can. Yes. He's back. Oh, thank goodness.
2: The captain's back on the ship.
0: Wow. i'd like to be able to tell you what happened there but i don't know i had to just <laughs> reset everything but glad this is what to be happens when you have again. a new
2: child in the house live like, television baby he might not be yeah. crawling yet but he finds a way to just like get into things
0: but very good vamping i heard every word of it um <laughs> hey. the, the next piece of advice that we want to talk about that i know at can speak to is if you want to get your music into these games you have to network i'm going to quote directly yes. from the article here Quote, independent artists would do well to attend gaming conferences to learn about the game industry and meet developers. There is a thriving independent mobile market within the video game industry and development studios for mobile and independent titles are often small and don't have contacts in the music industry. There is an opportunity here then for independent artists to not just license their music into games, but to write original music too. One of my favorite things about you uh, in the gaming industry, Elisa, is... pretty much everything that you've accomplished you got by pounding the pavement and networking every job you got in the industry every placement opportunity you were at the conferences you were meeting the people you were using social media like a champ so are 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 you are you saying amen to what matt ombler here is saying about uh networking
1: yes no by the daves i'm trying i'm I'm trying to find that like you know 2013 2014 oomph again um but it was literally like it this was mostly for um getting access to developers to interview for my phd work um but also like to get my foot in um I ended up um, figuring out that some conventions will let you in if you can't necessarily afford a badge or something, some uh, will let you in with a media badge. And so part of my hustle was finding places where I could write enough articles to then get said media badge to get into E3, which was not a consumer expo at the time. It was industry and media only. So that's how I got into that. Um, and getting into those gaming conventions, seeing where those folks hang out, there's usually like, especially at places like PAX or some of the bigger ones, there's an entire section devoted to just straight up indies. Um, and so, do that bob and weave and find those folks, um, especially if you maybe are school aged, etc. Maybe you go to your game development. Section of your university and see if there are any people any students developing video games that might need music for it Um, so even like at the collegiate level, um, you know much less at like the bigger industry level and and b Sometimes people love Because it's good pr. So they're gonna be looking for this to uplift members of their own community to put in their video games and and be as part of the franchise So if you're into sports games and you want to get in a sports game, be a part of the sports game community and interface with those devs and like start. You don't have to wait to get asked. Do it. Mm -hmm. Make a portfolio and get your work out there.
0: And I think that speaks to this next piece of advice from the article about targeting. Mm. The, uh, ar- the article says to know who you're targeting and personalize your pitch accordingly, quote, oh, LinkedIn can be your best friend here as you can quickly look up credits for previous games and existing franchises to determine who might be the best point of contact. You can also look at credits for video game trailers to find out which music consultancy companies were involved. Yes. When you reach out to a given contact, explain why you think your music is worth listening to and why it would be a good fit for future music projects they may be working on to show you've done your research and understand not only the game you're referencing, but the person you're reaching out to for help. So don't Absolutely. spam.
1: Yeah, you know, like... Tailor your pitch. Yes, yeah. You have to... You have to do like the extra little bit of work, but that is going to make sure that you're not just another cold sales email that gets sent to spam. Dear your name. <laughs> have I have a song for your next video game? <laughs>
0: <In> <laughs> the next video game commercial genre. or motion picture. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so like be, you know, it, I think, one of one of the things that sort of like I'm trying to do is I kind of like find my lane because I, I get attracted to like the shiniest thing so easily is like find the find the thing that's going to also make you like authentically happy um and you're authentically going to want to work in um, uh, because otherwise, like there's there's going to be someone that shows that kind of passion that is going to get that gig other than you.
0: I love that. Kind of. Now, finally, last piece of advice Make your music visible, publish on as many platforms as you can, improve your visibility and increase your chances of discovery, and make your contact information visible. I can't tell you how many music supervisors have told me, I love this song that I found. I went to their website, couldn't find an email address anywhere. No contact form, no socials. I don't know how to find this artist.
1: Like, and it 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 happened to me when I was an influencer manager working for a video game company. And I'm like, I'm literally sitting on Steam codes for video games. Put your contact information in your bio so I can send you it. <laughs> uh, like, help me help you. Help me help you. And honestly, so much of this is like, learn what it takes to get your music placed or or, or get, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Try to figure out what jobs that everybody who has to deal with you has to do and then figure out how to make all their jobs easier.
0: I like that. Yeah. And with that, let us take a quick break. We're going to have Winamp CCO, Tiari Oskarez, joining us. Don't go anywhere. Keep listening to Break the Business. Ryan Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you, a lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida.
2: Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting
0: Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at RyanKair, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back you lovely humans to break the business thank you for checking us out wherever you check us out including Sirius XM 145 much love to slam radio for giving us a satellite radio home I'm Ryan Carella joined by Elisa Rockdock, and just having quite a nostalgia trip talking about <laughs> Winamp a platform that we were very much loving as as young people and We now want to bring you an interview with the Winamp Chief Commercial Officer so you can find out what they're up to right now. We are happy to be joined now by our guest this week. He is the Chief Commercial Officer at Winamp, the digital audio platform that recently celebrated its 25th anniversary. Recently, Winamp announced that it will be launching new creator tools to provide music makers with an all-in-one source for distribution, fan engagement, licensing, content id and more you can find out more about the project including how to sign up by visiting winamp.com creators we are happy to welcome tiari askarez on to break the business hello sir
3: hello ryan thank you for having me
0: i'm thrilled to have you i gotta say i loved winamp growing up it actually helped me fall in love with music because it was my first digital audio player it was my first introduction to listening to music on a computer You must hear that a lot from elder millennials and Gen Xers, right?
3: Yes, indeed, a lot. Every day we have emails coming in, love messages every day. Indeed,
0: it has a special place in a lot of people's hearts. It was it was a great digital audio platform. I remember it was really user-friendly, right? You could change the EQ settings and everything. You didn't have to be an audio expert to use it. And it really came along at just the right time as people were getting into digital audio. And it, it again, it has a special place in my heart, which is why, and I say this in the nicest way possible, so please don't take this the wrong way. I honestly thought that Winamp had died a few years ago because i didn't hear much about it i saw some articles saying it was sold to various people but you're telling me win app is still around it's still doing some really
3: cool things
2: yes live and kicking yeah. releasing,
3: releasing new new platform products soon very soon
0: that's great to hear like i i need to know that something that i love this much is still in our lives but i but most importantly i, I need to know this do you all still have the llama
3: we still have the llama. It's in our garden. Uh, it's, we feed him every day. Uh, he's very happy and he's ready to to be back uh, online as well.
0: <laughs> I would hope. So. I mean, I mean, I don't know how long llamas are supposed to live, but I'm I'm glad to know that he's still around there and a an important part of your corporate mission. Yes. Let's talk about Winamp's latest focus now, which is not just on the digital audio side, which is how many of us know Winamp, but now on this new launch of new creator tools. I'm curious, what inspired WinAmp to uh get into the creator economy to want to create some tools for creators?
3: Um, yes, it's you know, it's um it's the it's the music industry state of today that's make made us realize that something needs to be done for creators. We've been in the music industry, the digital audio industry for more than 15 years. WinAmp was acquired by um a Belgian holding back in 2013. uh, That holding is, you know, really active in digital audio. We have offices in in Europe but as well in in the US. And so the the, the state of the music industry today is not the same as 10 years ago. 10 years ago, really, the, the streaming was booming. It was really a new model. But it has evolved in a situation which is very complicated for independent small medium creators to make a living out of just streaming so that's the the situation we've we've noticed i mean we're not the only ones of course it's everywhere and we believe that winam could be you know a player in that new economy that new era of the music industry Um, as you said it's a very strong brand we still have 83 million active users Um, on a monthly basis so across the world so it's a very big uh, you know user base and uh, of course music uh, fans music lovers so we believe Winamp has it was you know innovative with the mp3 being the first player for all formats including mp3s helping people getting used to mp3s digital music that we have a role to play in that new music era so that's That's really the the vision and how it came to us that we, we had to play a role here.
0: I love that idea. I love the spirit of it, right? Winamp has always kind of been a revolutionary company in the music industry. It became the first way that many of us first got to listen to music online. So why wouldn't it become the way that a lot of people can create and further their music on these online platforms, on these new media platforms? Can you tell us about some of the new creator tools that Winamp is going to be launching?
3: Yes, sure. So first of all, of course, we will remain a player as we've always been. Um, And we are revamping, upgrading the player as it used to be the player known to read any formats. It will be the player reading any services. So you could see it as a one stop. Super happy to consume digital audio, podcast, audio bu- books, music, um streaming services, local files, radio directory, and so on. So that's that's definitely the the, the the core of Winam, the Genesis. We will continue that. And in parallel, we thought, okay, we have a huge uh, base of music lovers let's use them, let's have them connect directly with creators. So let's have the fans connecting directly with creators. So that's why we thought about creating Winamp for creators. And Winamp for creators is is a platform, online platform, where as a creator, you'll have access to different tools, different services. We see it as as the wallet of the artists, of the creators, really helping the artists to aggregate every services they are using for the flow of revenue, the administrative flow for their career. So for example, they will be able to distribute their music, to license their music. Um, they will also be able to, and that's the the, the main innovation, the, the one we're really excited about, um, creating tiers and selling, promoting their content under different forms of, of of tiers so for example you know a free tier a newsletter and one track per month and then you'll have a a silver tier where you have to pay two three bucks a month and you'll have a full album and so on so really creating a marketplace directly with their fans so where they will sell and promote directly to their fans their content Um, and also we're planning to have later an nft marketplace so we really believe in nfts as a technology, as a new format. So really want also to have that in the marketplace. Um, so these are the, the, the main services. And and also last one, they will be able to manage their copyrights uh, with Winamp because we have a sister company called Bridger Audio. And Bridger Audio, we have the, the in Europe, we got a license to become an IME, independent management entity, which is basically a CMO. So it's an independent CMO and through Winamp, you will also be able as a creator to manage your rights. So these are the types of services that we want to aggregate into Winamp for creators.
0: So how would you spoke earlier about licensing and how Winamp would be a platform to allow creators to license their music more effectively. Yes. What does that look like in practice? Is Winamp creating a licensing platform? Is it setting up licensing agreements? With whom would the creators be licensing? Are we talking about like sync licensing for television and film or another kind of license?
3: Yes, indeed. Sync licensing for media consumption, also building playlists. Uh, So we have a content team building playlists to sell for chain stores, for example. Um, So that type of licensing, exactly.
0: That's an exciting prospect. So you really are trying to be an all-in-one source for creators where they can distribute their music managing manage the license and connect themselves with their fans including the 80 uh, some odd million users already on winamp which is a uh, great to see you really are not kidding alive and kicking is a platform that's fantastic yeah. so I would assume that the big component of connecting artists with fans on Winamp is going to be this fan zone tool that you're rolling out, which is you yes. all have branded as a place where creators and music fans come together. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What does this fan zone look like in practice?
3: Yes. so we call it the fan zone, and it's really the place where we will have listeners slash fans being able to connect directly with the creators so the creators will be creating uploading their page their environment on winM for creators and then they will publish push what they want as i said the tiers, their content uh, on the fan zone and as a listener i have access to my fan zone when i've subscribed to an artist and that's it's all in one platform it's it's you know it's winam.com everything is is there but these are the different environments and the one in the middle is that fan zone marketplace where the two communities can connect directly and that's what we love it's really the idea of transparency the, the, the directly connecting control for the creators control and transparency this is really what we want to to offer and and to support the creator uh, um Community, but also to support the listener. They can choose where their money goes, um who to pay, who to support. So that's that's really the the idea of of Winamp, uh, the new Winamp.
0: And how many of these creator tools are available right now? Because I know we're like right into that launch process, right?
3: Yeah. So we, we've opened um what we've called the Creator Pass. So as a creator, you can go on Winamp.com and we ask for your creator pass. So you, we are now aggregating creators. We have almost 6,000 creators. But we will be launching the platform mid-January. So really now collecting different creators, finalizing the platform, beta testing the platform. We're in the process of doing all of that. And mid-January launching uh, <clears throat> Winamp for creators and, and the whole ecosystem with the fan zone.
0: Excellent. And you all can find out more about these creator tools by visiting winamp.com slash creators. Our guest is Thierry Askerz, the chief commercial officer of Winamp. I grew up with them as being the digital audio platform of my childhood, and they are back and they are providing new creator tools to uh, create so that Winamp is the place where you don't just listen to music, but it's an ecosystem where music is created and enjoyed by musicians and fans. You love to see it. Uh, Tiari, this has been a, a pleasure I've really enjoyed learning more about the platform before we let you go one last question for you do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward
3: um one last tip um, I, I you know I, I would say they are I think they are producing way much content that they are uh, monetizing today. For example, with streaming platforms today, you can push one song, two songs, but of course you have a lot more. You have demo, you have acoustic versions, you have live versions, um, all of that. So I think there is a great opportunity for them. And probably this can also happen with NFTs and that type of new formats to monetize or use that additional content, demo, demo tips, I mean, all of that, you know. To, to generate more revenue. So I will, as a creator today, I would I will look how I could you know um generate revenue around that, that content as well, how to maximize all the content I'm producing.
0: That's a great point. A lot of creators, if they don't already realize that every track you create can act be multiple tracks, because you can create those tracks in different versions, different formats, exactly. uh remixes and the more content that you can create, that's just more opportunities for fan engagement and your fans might actually wind up falling in love with a different version of your song than what you think is the original official track. I, You know, uh, there, there are a lot of Radiohead songs where I often feel that way, where like, you know, the actual version on the album is great, but like, for example, the song Videotape. Uh, I actually enjoy the version that they played at Bonnaroo, which was a sped up version. And I think there's a lot of people online that are like, that's the one I like. And you don't get those opportunities for fan engagement unless you get those other versions out there and create more opportunities for your content to connect with fans and to maybe use platforms like the Winamp creator tools to help make that happen. So uh, I love it. Great advice. Yep. Thank you absolutely well thank you so much for hanging out with us this week thank you for uh letting us know about what's going on with winamp happy to hear that uh, it's still around and doing some really cool things for creators please don't be a stranger we'd love to have you on again real soon
3: thank you very much ryan goodbye
1: oh that was awesome
0: yeah does it, it it gives you the nostalgia feels right you feel like you're right back there it's 1999 um and you know the the Dolphins uh, are playing good football. <laughs>
1: and I am and I am listening to a version, an acoustic version of gin and juice by someone who is very much not the String Cheese Incident, nor Dave Matthews Band, nor Fish, but all of those were labeled on a not so um, uh, upward uh, citizen-facing <laughs> streaming service at the time. God, mislabeled tracks were, uh, anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Before we bid adieu to everybody, um, I want to get an Elisa career update as we like to do whenever you're here. But before we do that, I have to uh, quickly ask you this as the only Twitter verified person in the (laughs) break the business universe. I am curious, will you be paying $8 to keep your blue check going forward?
1: Hell no. I have been creating Twitter is the only site where people are creating content for free. TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, everybody and their mother has a creator fund except Twitter. And I am I have been giving you gold for how many years and you are going to charge me? Me? No, thank you. Join me on Co-host. Like bye.
0: <laughs> that actually brings me to my next question for for the musicians out there who might be curious and have a wandering eye towards other platforms in light of news uh, yeah. about Twitter and maybe want to look into some other social media options, either as a replacement or as a supplement to what they're already doing on Twitter. I mean, we all know the you know the Instagrams, Facebooks, whatever. But what are some other social media platforms that you are interested in?
1: Yes. Um. In terms of like like a creative professional whether it's like audio or visual arts um tiktok is fantastic uh you can go live on it but you also have the ability to like hop on a trend if it fits and it's authentic to you and your brand and your niche of content um but also like be able to show process stuff in real time Also, I just got invited to the Instagram like creator fund like last week. So I think they are really pushing people to create reels. And I did read the fine print and you are not eligible to be paid if they can see a third party watermark on there. So learn to download your TikToks without a watermark if you're going to repurpose them for reels anyway. um, Also consider if you have been building your community through things like Twitch, email, newsletters, whatever, and you have all of those folks if those folks are digital natives, consider creating a Discord uh, server to get all of those like-minded folks chatting together. Because Discord is a way that you can do that, that a lot of social media platforms don't necessarily have. Where you can have your community talking to each other and sharing things to each other. And then that can run itself while you're not there if you've established kind of a, a good brand and a good you know set of prompts and way to communicate with your fans. So those are my recs.
0: Discord. That sounds uh, pretty exciting. I've heard in that same vein, uh, Angela Tyler as a friend of our podcast, has talked a lot about Reddit being a ah. place where you can kind of build a little community, especially because there's already built in communities for maybe the kind of music you're into, or the kind of music you're creating, or maybe you already have fans on that platform and you can give them a Discord like special subreddit community mm-hmm. where they can congregate and uh, talk to each other. A couple weeks ago on the show we had the CEO of Vamper on. Vamper is a new specialized social network that's all about connecting musicians together. It has a Tinder-style interface <laughs> where you can tell Vamper what you're looking for. Oh, we need a lead singer for our band. I need somebody to co-write with. And you can set it for, you know, 100 miles from your home, 50 miles from your home. And then you get a bunch of people who are looking for something similar. And you can swipe left or swipe right. You can listen to a little bit of their music to kind of get a, their vibe. You can go on their yeah. socials. That seemed a, a really efficient way to get connected to creators. And it has a lot of other tools as well. It has a little bit of, uh, of TikTok in it. It's got some education platforms. You can check that out. That's Vamper V-A-M-P-R. Might be worth looking into, especially because uh, when we had the CEO on, he was a very nice chap. <laughs> Tell us about your career, Lisa. You told us you booked something. You have that booked something smile on your face. Uh, and we want to hear all about it.
1: I mean, I mean, she loves to be booked. She loves to be booked. Not busy, just booked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I got booked again. It's it was an interesting thing because I oh, hey, I don't remember if I auditioned for this or not. Um, what has been very interesting is that I have created headshots. I'd listed myself as a voice actress first when I approached my agency. And then I was like, I got an interesting haircut. My eyeballs are big. I'm visually interesting on camera somewhat. So maybe we could ride the face and body until the wheels fall off. In addition to the voice. Why not? (laughs) If, 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 if you got to check, you know what I mean? Just, just uh, until the wheels fall off. So, so I got headshots with, with, with different, you know, personas. Um, and I got a call from my agent that was literally like, Hey, what are you (laughs) doing? Hey, what are you doing Friday? I'm like, what? Um, okay. So you got booked for this thing. Um, it's, it's for a college. Mm -hmm. Um, and essentially, um, one of the, you, you want to talk about like authentic and like, you know, living, living within your niche as a former, uh, college educator and high school educator, that is very much in my wheelhouse, um, so I think I, I I booked a few VO lines um, where where I probably get to talk about when enrollment is happening. <laughs> I imagine, um, but like it's it's great. Some of the auditions that I've been getting are are fantastic. Even some of the on camera stuff, it's it's wild. Um, and I know that like video game and anime feels very sexy and you get to go to conventions and that is kind of where you get like the fans coming at you and asking you to sign stuff but like commercial work is its own it's its own little bit of fun um I don't know don't 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 discount the kind of like um less less flashy versions of voiceover because you never know if you can if you can enunciate and sound between you're in your 30s and 40s um authentic but not announcery and enunciate but not too much and you got just a little bit of vocal fry you could you (laughs) could you can book yourself some decent VO work
0: (laughs) don't knock the potential vo fan bases you might get coming out of higher education right like you got your anime conventions or whatever but i bet you do some good vo mm. for colleges you start going to the college conventions like the you know the college accreditation Ooh. conferences and things like that all yeah. of a sudden you got a bunch of like vice deans for advancement coming up to your table oh my god i loved you in that commercial can Dang. i get a picture selfie
1: Look, I'm I'm about to audition for a drug commercial, so you know, hopefully, you know, folks that like me reading side effects real fast, you know. <laughs> Look out for your girl. <laughs>
0: All right. With two minutes left, I'm going to do something very unfair to producer Lauren here. Producer Lauren, you had a story for us about Kickstarter. Can you throw that in there before we head out this week? I know that was
2: so mean. (laughs) Wow. Hey, it's not even that it's a major story, but you know, I'm always on the lookout for some kind of opportunity for our indie creators to get some kind of help because that's what we're here for. Um, And uh, I did notice that Kickstarter is doing their 100 promotion thing they do annually, where if you create 100 of whatever your reward is, 100 CDs that are signed, something that's tangible, I guess, Mm. and you hashtag the, I'm terrible at this right now. It's something like hashtag Kickstarter 100. I I know, right? (laughs) Uh, And, They'll help promote you. So they're doing the indie creators that are creating these tangible projects, not these big giant, I'm going to create the world's next amazing thing. But like, I want to get my thing out to people. And they're promoting that. So they're helping Hmm. promote that. So those of you that are looking to do one of those kinds of things or want to try out a Kickstarter, starting it in something where you might get an extra 10 people to look at you goes a really long way at the start. So Mm. uh, just an opportunity to uh, keep an eye out for. And just so you know, I'm always on the lookout to try to find something to uh, get you guys some work.
0: I love that consummate professional, Lauren. I thought I was just throwing her for a loop, uh, just uh, throwing her into the stream, but she nailed it.
2: The power of improv.
0: Yeah. Hey. Yes. And my my thanks <laughs> yes, to you, and. Lauren. Our thanks uh, to Elisa Rock, Doc. Our thanks to Tiare Oscares from Winamp for joining us in the show, and most importantly, our thanks to all of you viewers and listeners for checking out Break the Business. We love that you hang out with us. We love that you're telling a friend. Keep checking us out. We'll see you next week.